Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 79. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. If you are new to the MCAT Podcast, thank you for taking some time to join me. I am joined every week by Brian Snedeker from Next Step Test Prep. Brian is the Vice President for Content Development at Next Step for the MCAT. So he knows his stuff. He's got an amazing history, scores like 525s on the test when he takes it. He knows his stuff and teaches it to us every week. This week, we're going to dive into some foundational biology topics. All right, Brian, it's time to rock some biology here on the MCAT podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well yourself. Doing excellent. Why don't you start off here with question three? And again, for you listening, if you go to the MCAT podcast.com slash 79, you'll get the handouts for this episode if you want to follow along. Mm-hmm. And, and Ryan, what I've brought us for these uh, next few weeks is what I'm going to call the fundamentals. So, you know, today we'll do bio. Next week we can look at the biochemistry and then chemistry and then physics. And, you know, we deal with so much of, of um, you know, sociology and kind of subtle or tricky questions. I thought, you know what, let's make sure that our students are hearing r- not, not easy but foundational questions. Questions that get to the real core of the sciences on the MCAT. So, for example, today, biology, we're going to be looking at a bunch of questions related to to membranes, to cell membranes, because that's just one of those most foundational topics in biology. Um, It's often a puzzle I pose to students when I teach classes. I say, you know, why is a fire not alive? Why is a forest fire not alive? Right. It grows. It eats. It poops. It can make other little fires. It can reproduce. Why is a fire not a living thing? And I, I always like starting with a question like that because it really brings you back to the foundations, right? The basics of, well, biology is about life. So let's first make sure we understand we know what life is. Uh, and, you know, I always have to remind students, yeah, but see, living things have to have an inside and an outside. They have to have a cell membrane dividing inside from outside. And fires, they got no membranes. So they can't maintain an internal homeostasis. So plasma membrane, foundation of living things. And let, let's answer some questions about them. So question number three here. Of the following statements, which correctly describes the fluid mosaic model? A, plasma membranes have a consistent composition and an even distribution of lipids and proteins. B, proteins and lipids tend to separate into rafts based on size. C, 
Plasma membranes are formed of lipids and proteins that remain virtually motionless in their respective positions. Or D, plasma membranes act as two-dimensional fluids that allow the free diffusion of proteins and lipids within the leaflet. Hmm. Interesting. So as I work through this, the last one I would say isn't an answer because free diffusion doesn't make sense to me because then what's the point of the membrane? I know that the membrane's there to kind of protect and to allow things to pass selectively. So I would cross that one off. Mm -hmm. Um, Plasma membranes. So A, plasma membranes have a consistent composition and an even distribution of lipids and proteins. Uh, That one doesn't seem right to me because there's lots of different channels and receptors and different things that aren't evenly distributed. So I would probably cross that one off. Um, C, plasma membranes are formed of lipids and proteins that remain virtually motionless in their respective positions. Doesn't really make sense to me because it's a free-flowing kind of uh, Mm -hmm. thing. And so I'm left with B. There you go, process of elimination. So... Um, you, you, you got almost everything there, Ryan, the, um, the problem was actually right at the very beginning of your logic. You eliminated D based on the word diffusion. I just want to read the answer choice again for the listeners. Plasma membranes act as two dimensional fluids that allow the free diffusion of proteins and lipids within the leaflet. So it's not diffusion just willy nilly everywhere. A leaflet is one half of a plasma membrane, you know, the, the half that faces out or faces in. Um, and that's actually the right answer, that the fluid part of fluid mosaic means that the proteins can kind of, you know, flow around within uh, a given chunk of the cell membrane. Um, and so we, we just have to make sure we catch that word leaflet at the end of the answer choice there. Why'd you put it at the end? Nobody reads to the end these days. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, right? That's the I'm, I'm constantly saying that to my tutoring students. You know, you can kind of skim on the passage. You can cut corners on the passage, but boy, you have got to read every word of every answer choice when you're working the questions. So within the leaflet means in between the the external and internal membranes. It, it just means within the membrane. A, a leaflet is either the outward-facing part of the membrane or the inward-facing part of the membrane. So two leaflets make a membrane. So it's just a fancy way of saying the proteins and lipids can move around within the membrane. Okay, so it's like a it's like a moat in between the outside and inside. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm glad I could miss something for education. There you go. Question four: A researcher is attempting to create an artificial cell membrane that retains its fluidity at extremely low temperatures. Which features should he incorporate in this membrane? Why isn't it a she? Anyway. Uh, A, high levels of unsaturated fatty acids. B, high levels of sterols. C, high levels of saturated fatty acids. Or D, both A and B. Um, I have no idea. And I'm only going to choose B, high levels of sterols, because I know it happens to butter in the fridge and so butter to me is fatty acids <laughs> so i'm gonna go with the <laughs> high levels of sterols it's interesting that you say that ryan because what happens to olive oil in the fridge it gets thick too 
Yeah, but it doesn't become a solid. It doesn't become right? a solid. Right. Butter becomes a fat because it's saturated. Olive oil stays a liquid because it's unsaturated. Mm. Um, so unsaturated means that has a little kink in the chain. So instead of a nice, you know, smoothly packing uh, big, long, fatty acid chain that can just pack right up against another one, um, unsaturated introduces this fluidity. Uh, so in this case, it is actually both A and B. So the right answer is choice D here. That cholesterol helps maintain fluidity and unsaturated fatty acids help maintain fluidity. Number five, which of these statements accurately identify a function of transmembrane proteins? One, they act as receptors for hormones and initiate signal transduction pathways. Two, they allow for transport of charged molecules across the cell membrane. Three, they are responsible for the production of the majority of the ATP synthesized in eukaryotic cells. And our answer choices are one only, three only, one and two, or one, two, and three. What do you think, Ryan? Which of these statements accurately identify a function of transmembrane proteins? So receptors for hormones and initiate signal transduction pathways. That seems to make sense to me. Sure. So that would eliminate B. That would eliminate it have... B. Correct. Uh, they allow for transport of charged molecules across the cell membranes. Um, I don't know about that one, so I'll skip that one for now. And then three, they are responsible for the production of the majority of the ATP synthesized in the eukaryotic cells. Um, and... I forget. So function of transmembrane proteins. Now there's the cell and then there's the mitochondria where ATP is made. It's, yeah, and what's, what's it, inside the mitochondria? Um, I forget. Yeah, okay. So there's another <laughs> membrane in there. Oh. there. There's the inner membrane. So you, you were headed in the right direction. Or three is absolutely true. Right, because there's transmembrane proteins, proteins across the inner mitochondrial membrane yeah. that make ATP. Okay. And as soon as we see that three is true, uh, the right answer has to be D, one, two, and three. All right. There All right. We go. And then let, yeah, let's wrap it up with number seven. A researcher is investigating the absorption of manganese ions by epithelial cells. After observation, he concluded that manganese is moved into a cell until it reaches a concentration equilibrium, at which point transport stops. Which of the following can be inferred? A, transport is passive and manganese can diffuse through the membrane. B, transport is passive and manganese uses a protein channel to pass through the membrane. C, transport is active and ATP is required to shuttle manganese into the cell. Or D, transport is active and manganese is coupled with another ion, which moves down its concentration gradient as manganese is carried inward. So. Hmm. It's an it's an ion. Okay, so what should ion be telling me? Yeah, so we want to remember that ion uh, that ions don't easily pass through cell membranes, and because ions are charged, and cell membranes are nonpolar, you know, it's a, like a layer of oil between two layers of water. Uh, so answer choice A, just diffuse right through the plasma membrane. That's not going to work. Yep. And it says it just reaches equilibrium. Yeah. Right? The question said it, ju it just hits equilibrium. And, and Ryan, what do you think that suggests to us? I have no idea. 
Okay, so if if you are going to actively pump something in a direction, you're going to push it well past the equilibrium position, right? You're not you're not just going to hit you know one molar inside, one molar outside, That's right? right? You're going to actively pull it in. But this this doesn't do that. Manganese just hits the equilibrium position of even concentration, hmm. um, so it's got to be B passive and uses a protein channel. Okay, what I would have guessed, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, so the important thing here is the the equilibrium part and understanding ions uh, need some sort of channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really want to make sure we're solid on what sorts of things can just diffuse passively directly through a cell membrane versus what sorts of things need a channel to go through. All right, there you have it. Some foundational topics for you for biology. Hopefully that was helpful. We'll have some more foundational content coming up for you as we move forward. I hope you have a great week. Catch us next time here on the MCAT podcast when we talk about having a low GPA.